This is the Sit Down with Olwe Tule Shabani, a podcast for women everywhere who are exploring the art of superwoman. So today we're talking to Dr. Hema Kalan, who is an integrative medical practitioner. Join us as we talk mental health and your gut. have used the expression i can feel it in my gut perhaps in reference to an intuitive feeling or butterflies in your stomach but did you know that these sensations emanating from your belly suggest that your brain and gut are connected as we continue with our series on the art of trusting your gut today on the sit down wellness we get into conversation with integrative medical practitioner dr hema kalan as we unpack the link between the gut and our mental health We also look at ways to identify behavior in our children that could indicate an unhealthy gut as well as how you and I can approach our diet with our mental health in mind. Thank you so much Dr. Kalan for joining me today. Thank you for having me. What an exciting conversation because I have been on I think for the past few months and I I wanted to take my um my subscribers on the sit down and on art of supplement on this journey with me because I've been digging deep into gut. Mm-hmm. What the gut means to my overall wellness. Mm-hmm. And I won't lie I've gone on what feels like a rabbit hole <laughs> of finding out all the things that link back to my gut. When we think mental health, we never think the gut. We don't really think cleaning the gut. And I think during the pandemic, <laughs> one of the things that we did was eat, 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 eat during times of extreme anxiety. What are the links between our gut and our gut health and our mental health? Okay, so just like you pointed out, the brain is, you know, very far from the gut. So we seldom don't make that connection uh ancient med- medicine practices like ayurvedic medicine chinese medicine knew this 5000 years ago but we just finding this link now mm. and it is actually called the gut brain axis and what this means is that there's a direct highway or connection between the central nervous system which is the brain and the spinal cord with our enteric nervous system which is all the nerves that are from the mouth right up to the anus mm-hmm. so they communicating with each other all the time mm-hmm. so you have an inflamed gut you're going to have symptoms in the brain during the pandemic we were eating whatever we wanted to mm-hmm. and then we left with anxiety stress and brain fog as a result of eating all of that those things so let's delve a little bit deeper into how these are actually connected with each other i'm going to take one example and i will take serotonin our feel good or our well-being receptor right so 5% of the serotonin is actually found in the brain and that's responsible for making us feel good and maintaining our good mood And then when we come to the gut this may be surprising for a lot of people that over 90% of these feel good receptors are actually present in the gut. Mm. So the gut serotonin helps with digestion and it also regulates the immune system but it doesn't stop there. 
all the other serotonin gets absorbed into the bloodstream and then it goes to the brain, to the hypothalamus, and then that regulates your mood and your emotions. Mm -hmm. So your emotions have an effect on the gut and then your gut has an effect on the emotions. It's interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this then, like you mentioned, has a ripple effect on the fatigue levels, the brain fog, our, um, you know, is an element of our depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can name the mental health issues. How much of our mental health issues are in the gut or are affected by the gut? I think you can't even separate them. I think all the mental health issues are directly on the other side of the gut. Mm. So for example, if someone has depression, it would be quite common for them to be constipated. And not have regular bowel motions, which is, you know, twice a day at the same time every single day. And once we help the gut and, you know, they become a little bit more regular, the mood also lifts. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario. We're not sure whether the brain has caused the gut issues Mm. or whether improving the gut has, you know, helped Mm. the brain. But they're interdependent. And where do I start? Uh, You know... I know this information now. I feel the, the, the brain fog. You know, I've been, I, I feel fatigued. Mm-hmm. I feel my body going through a slump. How do I support my gut? Where do I even start? <laughs> well, in one simple sentence, <laughs> I would say, eat and live the way your great grandmother did, mm-hmm. you know. So we know that our lifestyle is the foundation of our health, which is what you eat, how you are sleeping, how you are breathing, exercise and stress management. So that's the foundation, you know. And a lot of our diets are completely incorrect at the moment. And we need to look at, you know, how we can actually help the gut by feeding our good gut bacteria, our gut microbiome. Mm. So we need to look at that. But then there are also certain things like probiotics, fermented foods, um, decreasing our processed foods, the alcohol, all of that will actually help the gut. And we have a big alcohol problem in this country. And mm. also we consume starch and meats yes. ex- extremely, like at, a, at an extreme level. Are these contributors to an imbalance in our gut microbiome? Definitely. You know, our gut microbiome, we have like over 500 trillion cells in our gut. We have more bacteria um, cells than human cells. And we need to feed these good bacteria. Mm-hmm. A lot of people take probiotics and they definitely help and improve that gut microbiome. But they are just travelers or tourists. Mm-hmm. They're there and they go out. We need to feed those gut microbiome that's there. And the way we do it is so simple. It is with a diet that is very high in fiber. There is zero fiber in dairy products. That is your milk, butter, yogurt, cheese in eggs. Zero fiber in chicken, fish, and red meat. So it's your simple plant foods, your fruits and vegetables that's feeding that gut microbiome. We don't need any fancy probiotics. Mm. So if we just change the diet and we help that um, gut microbiome, we're going to see a massive impact on our health overall. Mm. I mean, as, as parents, we deal a lot with um, managing the diets and the behaviors of our children. And I, I mean, we had an experience where my child had issues of his colon and his digestive system. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a year later now, I've managed to, to manage that pain in him because he would have constant pain mm-hmm. and it would affect his behavior and his, um, and 
his temperament quite a lot. And, uh, you know, I noticed this. And these are questions that doctors ask us. Mm -hmm. How is his behavior? How are his stools? How's mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. But I never quite linked it back to the gut. Mm -hmm. And now with, you know, with my new research and with mm -hmm. reading more about the gut, um, we are, you know, there's the, there's the probiotics, there's the diet change, mm -hmm. um, there's introducing the, um, the fermented foods, mm -hmm. like fermented cabbage in the, in the house, yes. um, in the form of raw kraut. Yes. How, how important is it as parents for us to pay close attention to those things for the long-term development of our children, especially psychologically? Mm -hmm. It's absolutely detrimental to a child, you know, if those signs are being missed. Um, because it could lead to things like irritability, moodiness, tantrums, um, you know, concentration problems. Uh, and, you know, now there's more research to show that even autism has some roots yes. that we find in the gut, even things like Alzheimer's, ADHD. Um, you know, I just mentioned how the gut helps regulate our immune system. So things like autoimmune conditions also start off allergies, mm -hmm. asthma, they all start off in the gut. So if we need to have an improvement in all of those other symptoms, we have to start off in the gut. Mm. And in a previous conversation that we had with um, our, the surgeon, Dr. Malifasho, uh -huh. we mentioned and we busted some myths about the detox methods our parents used to go through <laughs> and used to actually put us through uh -huh. um, in the form of the um, castor oils yes. in an orange yes. um, or spate not sure if, yes, if you know I, I'm very familiar. Yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts around these detox methods and how we use them in children that are so young and quite too young in most cases, in some cases? Yes, so that's actually just a quick fix approach and we want to actually treat the roots of the problem. So we would go down to what food sensitivities these children have or what they're actually eating, you know, um, a lot of the times children that are irritable and moody are also fussy eaters. Mm. So they tend to have refined foods, processed foods. And what that actually does, it grows the pathogenic or the bad bacteria in the gut leading to illnesses mm. or concentration problems, you know. Yeah. So if we actually increase the good bacteria in the gut, it will keep those other things at bay. And then they would be much more calmer, relaxed and able to do whatever they need to do in the day. So... I mean, when I was studying to become a, a doula, one of the things that we, we spoke about and, you know, in class was just how much of our habits we pass on to our children. Um, whilst they're in neutral, the way we eat, um, our traumas, the way we think, they, our children become those things by being inside of us. How much of that do we pass on in terms of gut health in terms of the, their eating habits and how do we undo the mistakes that we made whilst we were pregnant with all these things that we say are cravings and terrible eating habits in the name of pregnancy? Yes. So the thing is, you know, in Chinese medicine, if anything happens to a child less than 10 years of age, they always say the issue is coming from the mum. 
Mm. And the first time I heard that, I was just devastated. And I said, we do so much and they're still blaming us. They still us. blame us. <laughs> but when you go deeper, you realize the science behind it. Mm. Because whatever trauma you've experienced in pregnancy, that's going to manifest in the child. Um, you know, if the child is very anxious, we generally ask the mom, how was your pregnancy? And she would say, I had this trauma. I was very anxious or I was very depressed. And, you know, this is what my child is like today. So it's very closely linked to what the mother went through during a pregnancy. The same thing with the eating, not even what you eat, but how you eat. Mm -hmm. You know, they showed that mothers who sat on a table and who ate with um, mindfulness and they digested their food properly, those babies tend to have less digestive discomforts when they're babies rather than just standing and eating on the run. So whatever we even think breathe, do or say has a direct influence on, on the child. Yeah. How do we undo these bad habits <laughs> and how do we then start rebuilding towards healthy guts in our children? Okay, so, you know, undoing it if it's already present there in a child is much easier than undoing it in an adult. Mm. So if a child has some traumatic experience and we deal with it you know, straight away and deal with the gut issue straight away. It's much better than dealing with it when you're 40 or 50. It takes much more work because there's so many onion layers that we need to get to. Yeah. We can start instilling good habits in our children and it doesn't have to be restrictive diets. It doesn't have to be, you know, I hate the word diet as well, <laughs> but it's more of a lifestyle mm. and just make it fun and keep it very, very simple and get them involved, you know. Um, a simple thing like roasting sweet potatoes in the oven, yeah. you know, cutting it in half and scooping it out with a teaspoon. When you tell most children to do that, they absolutely love it. Uh, fussy eaters tend not to like cooked food, you know, whether it's peppers or broccoli, but give them a raw tender stem broccoli or even yeah. a yellow pepper and they would eat it with no problems. Mm. So I think everyone is different and there isn't a one size diet fits all, but I think what we need to do is be as inclusive as possible to have a diet that is very high in fiber. Yeah. And we spoke about the, some of the foods that are detrimental to, um, our, our, our gut mm -hmm. and our gut health as adults. Mm -hmm. We said alcohol. We mentioned, um, starches, high, like high, high levels of starches. So starches, if it is in its, in its raw, I mean, in its cooked form and in its whole form. So we're talking about, uh, pumpkin, butternut, sweet potato. I mean, those things are amazing for the brain. When yeah. you eat that, you, those are carbohydrates. You will feel happier when you eat those carbohydrates. But we're talking about refined foods, yes. you know, the, the, the breads and the pastas and the processed foods that are detrimental to our health because they're very high in sugar as well. You know, alcohol and the cool drinks, those are all detrimental to our health. And sugars, are there any way around sugars? Because that's the one thing in our house we had to cut down on and we saw a big difference. So, you know, everybody has different taste buds. Mm -hmm. You know, some people will naturally like more sweet foods while others would like more savory foods. And the way to get around that is to have adequate sweet foods that are in the whole form. So something like fruit. You know, people just demonize food, fruit these days, but whole fruits, I'm not talking about juices, I'm talking yeah. about the fruit as it is, is going to definitely benefit the children. And when they have that sweet tooth satisfied in its natural form, the taste buds then become desensitized to that processed sugar. 
It's not a quick, mm. um, you know, it's not a quick thing. It can take up to six weeks. But six weeks later, the child will be able to taste the sugar in a slice of bread yeah. or the sugar in the, in the fruit. You know, yes. it takes a while for us to train our taste buds again. I'd, I'd take six weeks over six years. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we, what should we be increasing the intake of in our homes for both us and our children? Okay, so like I mentioned, the fiber, and that's easily found in your whole grains. So we're talking about your beans, your lentils, your rice. Um, that's fantastic. You obviously have your green vegetables, your root vegetables, and that is just really simple fruit and veg. Mm. And with that, you can easily you know, increase your fiber. It's going to help prevent constipation. It's going to increase your mood. It's going to decrease blood sugar levels, it's going to decrease blood pressure levels. Mm. You know, the list is just endless, actually, the benefits of eating these whole foods. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've made quite a big change in our house as one, trying to keep as much of the food that we're consuming raw. So like you mentioned, my children love the idea of putting their own things together and making their own food as like, you know, the, the boys together in the, in, in the kitchen. So they'll create their own salads from just putting up a chickpea into console containers that I leave in the fridge and they, they do their own thing. Okay, so, you know, it's very important to get the kids involved. It's also fun, and it takes a huge load off a mum's shoulder when the mm. child can help themselves. I mean, these are basic skills that you're teaching your child that they're going to carry for the rest of their lives. This is the foundation. Yeah. And um, you can take them shopping with you. You can let them unpack the car. There's some adults that can't recognize certain fruits and certain vegetables. They're completely confused. So if you can empower your child... Um, with those skills, it'll be excellent. You can introduce one new vegetable in yes. the house in the week. And it's like, okay, let's see how we can use this <laughs> vegetable for the week. And it becomes quite mm. interesting in the kitchen. Absolutely. And I mean, in, in the work that you do um, in your practice, mm -hmm. you combine um, kind of the, um, you'll correct me on the pronunciation, um, airy, A-A-Y-R-E-D. <laughs> what is it? Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic medicine. Well, so you combine the Ayurvedic medicine and general medicine into healing. Well, integrative medicine uses pharmaceutical medication mm -hmm. plus supplements, plus Chinese medicine, plus herbs, plus homeopathic medicine to see what is the best fit for the person. Okay. In order to treat the roots of the problem. You know, and how 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 then does it does that kind of healing? So in in my experience of going to a doctor and trying to get down to what my issues are, mm -hmm. and having the issues with my son, I never quite find that um, general practitioners in the general form or in the pharmaceutical form that they come in yes. of just writing prescriptions yes. quite get down to the detail as I've read and researched now mm -hmm. to have have we looked into your gut health. Mm. Do we know what you're eating? What are your eating habits? Mm. But rather, it's a prescription first, investigate that there's no other issues around the stomach that are going mm -hmm. on, and then, you know, kind of send you off. Yes. So, you know, modern medicine of, or, or um, allopathic medicine is amazing at treating uh, emergencies, you know. But when it comes to chronic illnesses, that's when the lack is there because 
we keep each system in the body very separate rather than realizing that everything is connected in the body with each other. Mm. So if you're sitting at home during these COVID times and working from your laptop the whole day, that sitting in the computer and that position is going to decrease your digestive fire instantly in your, tum in your tummy. You're going to digest your food less. So instead of the vitamins and minerals getting absorbed into the system, it's going out into the stool and you're yeah. landing up tired. Yes. If you're not sleeping or if you're sleeping with your cell phone right next to you, you Guilty. are not getting deep restorative <laughs> sleep. And so that brain is not detoxing. So how is that gut going to completely heal? Mm. Because whatever you do for the gut, we need to do it for the brain as well. So it's a much more holistic approach. Mm. And doing that, we find that patients actually get better, mm. you know? Yeah. They reverse their symptoms. And preventing a disease is a thousand times harder for the patient rather than swallowing a tablet. Because yeah. how easy it is to, you know, swallow a tablet. But Absolutely. when you invest in yourself, um, you're able to reverse the disease. Absolutely. As a person that struggles with ulcers or has had struggles with ulcers in the past and brain fogginess, exhaustion, slumps, um, yes. when it, you know, I'll get the whole week done, then by Thursday I'm slumping. Yes. I've seen a big difference. I've personally seen a big difference. And where can we find you? Okay, so I'm based in Centurion, very close to the Khao train station. And I also have an Instagram and a Facebook um, social media handle at Dr. Hema Kalan. I also have a website and I would love to hear what people have to say and would love to help them with their guts. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Kalan. Thank you really for having me. It. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Sit Down Wellness as we still embark on the journey of trusting our guts. Until next time. to the sit down with Oluetu Lishabani, a podcast for women everywhere who are exploring the art of superwoman.